Well, you may be seated. You can find your favorite spot on the couch. Uh, Maybe you can get a little uh, pillow behind you or whatever you need to be comfortable. But it's so glad to have you here with us today. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're in a series that's called Faith That Works. And man, if we ever needed a time to have faith that works, now's the time, right? Now is the time. So I'd like to welcome anyone, especially that's joining Shallow for the first time. We're so glad that you're with us if you're joining us online. So as Ed mentioned that I'm new card, that's the way that we connect with you. If you don't connect with us that way, we don't ever know that you are here. So we would love to connect with you. Please, please join us and, and fill out that I'm new card. Last week, Pastor Ed preached a message on James 3, and he encouraged us that words matter. And you know, I thought to myself, as I was watching the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, sometime this week, I'm like, he must have been tuning in, because Andrew Cuomo said the same thing in one of his online updates, that words matter. So Pastor Ed, I think he was listening to you. How about that? So what's been the confession of our faith over the past week? You know, if if you're not a little rattled by what's going on, then either you're not watching the news or you're just oblivious to what's going on. I don't know. Maybe you're not even human. Do you have a pulse if if you're not a little rattled? So there's still a lot that's unknown. We know that we're still, still learning how this virus spreads. I've heard that it's three times more contagious than the flu. That's why you should be doing all kinds of precautions and wiping down surfaces. Um, But I'll tell you this, the good news is that many companies across America are stepping up. Many many Americans are stepping up and trying to heed the guidelines that the, the, the government has given us. If you're not aware of this 15 days to slow the spread, you should be, all right? So, so if you've not seen this, go to Google and just Google 15 days to, to slow the spread. It's guidance for each American that if, if we don't all do our part, this is going to last a lot longer. And, and frankly, I'm done. I'm ready for this to be over. It's probably going to be weeks more. But man, we all have to do our part. So I encourage you to look for that. But guess what? In the midst of all this, God is on the throne. Amen? Yeah, Psalm 29 in the New International Version says this, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. And, and I believe like this virus has come upon the world like a flood. And where is God? He sits on the throne above all of this. We, we know that, that, that God is there. Verse 11 of Psalm 29 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So I, I, I want to share with you that up until this past week, I've been training for a half marathon, and, and I was on a run last Saturday. It was, it was one of my long runs. I've stopped those now because the half marathon got canceled, so why should I exercise anymore? Actually, I've changed my exercise. I'm doing an online video now. But anyway, I was on a long run last Saturday, and as I was running, I had a lot of time to just consider all the things that are going on in this whole term social distancing. Who ever heard of a term like that before? But as I was praying over that term, I just felt God speak something to me. So socially distant, spiritually close. And I came into Shiloh on Tuesday, and, and we met as a small staff. We were distant uh, among each other in the conference room. But as we met, we just started to brainstorm, what could we do that even though we're being socially distant now, we can be spiritually close? So we started on Tuesday to meet. I, I started a Facebook Live, 3 p.m. every day. Uh, we're going to be doing that Monday through Friday now. So join us if you're able to on Facebook, the Shiloh Facebook page at 3 p.m. You can watch it afterwards if you can't join us live. Uh, Ed also mentioned a Facebook group that we're starting. There's a special email for for prayer. Uh, Shine Youth Group went live 
virtually this past Friday. So thank you to the Shine staff that made that happen. And we're also looking next week that perhaps we can start something for kids online. So we'll be working on that. And we're also thinking about how do we get online small groups. So stay tuned for more that's coming. All right, so let's turn, uh, if you turn with me now to James 4. Today we're going to be talking about draw close to God and wash your hands. And I thought that was a very appropriate way for us all to enjoy the message today, that we would not only draw close to God, but we'd wash our hands. So if you would, I don't know if you've got your Bible, hard copy Bible, or soft copy Bible, but um, I'm going to be reading today from from James 4. And you may want to go online to your Bible app. If you've never done that, you can just search Holy Bible, uh, download an app, And uh, turn with us to James 4. You've got to click the read button on the bottom and then uh, change the chapter at the top to, to James 4 and then make sure it says NLT next to it. That'll be New Living Translation. So let's read James 4 verses 5 to 7 together. It says this, Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he's placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you that your word is living. I thank you that your word is active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that as we look into your word today, you personalize it to each one of us. God, I know that you love us, but even more importantly than loving us, Lord, you know each of our love languages. So God, I pray that you speak your word directly to each one of us, God, in a way that we can understand, in a way that we receive it, in, in a way that registers for us. Lord, and I thank you that you're faithful to hear our prayer and to answer our prayer. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me start off uh, by just saying this. I'm so glad that you're watching online. But you know what? If I were honest, I wish you could be right here with us. I, I wish I could give you a handshake if you're new. I wish I could give you a hug if you were my friend. It may be a number of other weeks, but you know what? This is, this is what we've got to do. So let's start off in verse 5, and I want to ask you this question. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? That's how verse 5 starts. You know, and I I know some of us maybe have grown up in in one religion or another religion. But it's interesting. The scripture isn't asking us, what religion did you grow up on? The scripture is asking us this. Do you believe that the scripture has meaning? So I want to start this this today with the premise that the Bible is the best-selling book in the world for a reason. It it does have meaning, and I'm not here to try to defend the Word of God, but I'm going to let the Word of God defend itself for a moment. In John 1.1, it says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in John 1.14, it says, So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. So we call the Bible the Word of God, and the Scripture says that Jesus was the Word made human. All right, what what does that mean? What it means is this. Jesus is the Word of God, and he, He came to dwell with us in human form. So when we read the Bible, when you or I open up this good book, what are we doing as we read the pages? We're actually coming to know Jesus. That's why it's so important to me that we all spend some time every day reading God's Word and praying to Him. But then the scripture in James goes on to say, and it tells us what God is passionate about. It says, they say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within him 
within us should be faithful to him. So God wants to have a relationship with us. That's what I want you all to know. You may have, you may be, have grown up in a church where you just went to church and then went home and did your own thing. No, God wants to be with you every moment of every day. He wants a relationship with you. But it goes like this. He doesn't want a relationship with a people that's unfaithful. He wants a relationship with the people that will be faithful to him. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Would any one of us want to have a relationship with someone that would be unfaithful? I don't think we would. So let's move on and start to read what does verse 6 tell us. It says, God, that he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, it's been really warm outside. I'm looking forward to some of my favorite ice cream stands opening up here soon, I hope. Uh, King Cone in Merrimack always opens up early. Uh, and now I read, what, in, on Monday we're going to get four to six inches of snow? What is going on with this crazy world? I just can't even imagine it. But for a moment, I just want to use an ice cream analogy. Have you ever gone to an ice cream shop? And maybe because you're watching your weight or maybe you're watching your wallet, but for whatever reason, you order the kitty. And then when they serve it to you and it looks more like a small or a medium, do any of you ever say, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I don't want that. That's too large. I, I can't have that big of an ice cream. No, when they do that to me and I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I love this place and I want to go back. And that's the way King's Cone, King Cone is in Merrimack. If, if you ever order their large, everyone looking at you knows that you're not from around here because no one orders a large by themselves. It's an enormous ice cream. One time, myself, my two sons, Dan and Dave, and my son-in-law, Josh, all of us, all four of us split one large, and we couldn't finish it. It was just the best night of my life to sit there and have a coffee, large ice cream with my sons and son-in-law, and we couldn't even finish it. And, and man, we can pack it away. Believe me, I, I can put down my share of ice cream. So why am I sharing about that? You know what? If grace... If God was giving grace generously, and it was like you ordered the kitty, but he gave you the medium the medium size of grace, would any of us say, no, 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 God, sorry. I, I, can't, I can't take it. It's too much. I don't want it, God. You know, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But yet we still do that. You and I, we do that. And, and why do we do that? It's called pride. For, for whatever reason, we're like, no, God, I, I don't need your grace. I can do it by myself. We're, we're like the spoiled little two-year-old that's like, no, Daddy, no, Mommy, myself. Do it myself. And, and you know what? Where did they learn that from? We're kind of all born with that attitude that we want to do it ourselves. And God is saying, no, I want to give you grace and I want to give it to you generously. But how do we receive it? We've got to be humble to receive it. See, if we're proud, it says God opposes the proud. He can't give us the grace. It's not that he doesn't want to. He can't give it to us in that, in that state of heart. We've got to humble ourselves. So what does it mean, as verse 7 says, to humble yourselves before God? What does it mean to do that? We need to recognize that God is in control. We need to come to him and surrender our lives to his will. And how do we do this? We simply pray to him from our hearts, and we give control of our lives to him. So I love the second half of 7. It says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Why is that even in there? Like, why, why go from grace and humble to now we're talking about the devil, right? And, and we see in the life of Jesus when he went to John the Baptist and he was baptized, and you can read about this in, in the Gospel of Luke, 
In Luke 4, it says that Jesus returned from the Jordan River after his baptism, and immediately he went out into the desert to be tempted. See, see, God had planted the Holy Spirit inside of Jesus, and immediately there was a testing. And whenever God plants the seed of grace in your life or my life, there's going to be a testing. And God is telling us, hey, this is how you resist a testing. You resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It's kind of like recently I I had to go to a neurologist to get checked for some headaches I've been having. And a neurologist did this test on me. And a lot of his tests were, okay, put your hands out. And he'd press against my hand and I had to hold pressure against it and and kind of hold it there. That's all you need to do. It's not that you got to get all worked up. Just stand your ground in the name of Jesus, God. You're for me. Who can be against me? Pray the word of God. And that's how we resist the devil. And he will flee. So if I could summarize this word grace, what does it look like to receive grace generally, to receive God's grace? It would be this. I'd I'd give you this phrase. Grace is God showing his love to us even though we don't deserve it. Because that's the reality. None of us deserve the grace of God. Many of us have grown up and, and we might feel that, you know what, if I do good, God loves me more. If I do bad, God doesn't love me as much. And, and if you've come to Shiloh at all regularly, you might hear us say these words, God's love is unconditional. And what does that mean? It means he loves us without condition, that, that there's not, nothing, not, not more love that he gives to us when we're doing things right versus wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. God loves all of us equally. He loves us all conditionally. But what does he do? He loves us to the truth. He doesn't want to see us stay bound by sin. He doesn't want to see us stay, stay pent up uh, with our own desires. He wants to free us from that. So God loves us to the truth. But make no mistake, grace and forgiveness are not free. And you might think about that for a moment. Grace and forgiveness are not free. And you go, what? Like, I don't know that I've ever heard that in church before. Well, let me explain. Grace and forgiveness cost more than any one of us can afford. We can't afford grace and forgiveness. But here's the good news. Jesus purchased grace on the cross. And he provides forgiveness by coming to earth and dying in our place. So that he can offer it to us as a free gift. It's not free. He paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice to purchase that for us. But now he offers it to us, to you, to me, for free. We can't earn God's grace, but we can receive God's grace. We don't deserve it, but will we receive it? What does it look like to open up your hearts today in humbleness and say, God, I surrender. I want to receive your grace. Let's turn to James 4, 8 through 10 and continue reading now. It says this, Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you've done and let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You know, when it says come close to God and God will come close to you, I'd like us all to pause for a moment and just bask in this realization that God loves each one of us, right? And and when I think of that term bask, here's one of my most favorite things to do in the summertime. I love to to go and, and lay in a swimming pool on a float or maybe lay in a lake on a float. If there's any of the shine youth watching us, you might remember last summer when we were at the lake. I brought out a float. And what did I do? You were all playing. And I'm like, no, I just want to lay on my float. 
And you know what? As I lay on my float, I close my eyes and I try to turn towards the sun. And, and like you know when you're, when you're fully facing the sun because you just feel the warmth of the sun on you. And if you're not holding on to anything, maybe the current turns you around and you're like, no, no, I sense there's a shadow. It's not warm anymore. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to face the sun. Why? Because I want to feel the sun shine on me. And that's what God wants us to feel with his love. See, some of us, the world, the culture, whatever it's been, we're kind of turned right now. And we're not really, God's love is still there, but we're not receiving the love like he means for us to receive it. We're not, we're not experiencing and basking in his love. So here's what I do when I'm in the pool. You know what? I, I sense, sense that I'm away and I start to paddle with one hand or paddle with the other hand so that, oh, there it is. I'm back. I'm, I'm back facing the sun. So how do we come close to God? It says to do this, to wash your hands. You know, I'm 58 years old, and I feel like it's just been in the past week that I've learned how to wash my hands. All right, so I, I, I want to ask you, how long does it take you to wash your hands? Do you wash your hands long enough? All right, so I've, I've brought this nice big jar of, of sanitizer to demonstrate how I used to wash my hands. I would just kind of put it Put, put my hands in under the soap and, and wash them. Um, but immediately I'd go to the water, and you know what? The soap stayed on my hand about one to five seconds tops. And I was done. No, 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 no. If you read the president's guidelines, you've got to wash your hands for 20 seconds. Otherwise, it's not doing anything. You're not washing the virus off. So I'm going to get some, some nice hand sanitizer. And what are we going to do? We're going to do it for 20 seconds. I'm going to take out my phone. I should have done that first so I can time myself. You could time yourselves at home if you want to. Pull up your stopwatch. All right, so I got a stopwatch. And what am I going to do is this. I'm going to sing Amazing Grace. Now, I've heard in the news you can sing Happy Birthday twice. Well, you know what? Amazing Grace is a much better song to sing. It's going to uplift your spirit while you're singing. So let's do it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. All right, 20 seconds. And I put too much hand sanitizer on. My hands are still wet. But that's what it looks like to wash our hands correctly. So, so you may ask, Greg, why are you demonstrating washing hands? Hey, it was a public service announcement. I'm just doing my part, people, all right? We all got to do our part. Public service announcement. That's the proper way to wash your hands, all right? But now, the point is this. We're talking about drawing close to God. And the word said this, that draw close to God. Um, it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. So drawing close to God looks like this. Drawing close to God is coming clean with God, right? And, and many of us, when we try to come close to God, this is what we do. We kind of do that two-second wash. It's very, very fast. You know, if, you've got, if you're a parent and you've got little kids, you know when your kids say sorry and they don't mean it, you're like, you know, Johnny, say sorry to Susie. Sorry. And that's all they do, right? And you're like, no, 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 that's not enough. You've you got to really say what you're sorry for. You've got to look them in the eye and you try to train them. But we're like that with God. We try to come close to God, and, and we don't do a very good job. We do the two-second, God, sorry. And then we go, God's not real. He's not close to me. I don't feel him at all. Well, you didn't really do what you needed to do. You needed to spend the 20 seconds and actually acknowledge your sin. Be sorry for your sin. Come to God knowing that he can heal you and forgive you, but being humble about it, not being proud, not, not kind of stiff-arming him with the two seconds, but giving him the 20-second 
washing of the hands. You see, when we pray a prayer from our heart to God, God, I need your grace. God, I want to receive your grace. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. Lord, God, I I recognize that I've sinned against you. God, you knew it all along, but I thought you weren't there. You were there. And the whole time, it's like we're washing our hands and we're getting ourselves clean. But you need to spend some time in in God's presence to really become clean. It's not just that you give him a quick I'm sorry with a half heart. Because that's, we're, we're like that two-year-old sometimes. We're, we don't really mean it. We say it, and it doesn't really have an effect. But if we approach God with an honesty, with a humility, with a genuineness, you know what? God is going to come close to us. So maybe you're watching online today, and you'd say, Greg, I don't feel like God is very close to me. Well, have you strayed? Is your float turning in the wrong direction, and you turn, need to come back to God? Have you actually come back to God in genuineness? And really repented and said, God, I need you in my life. God, I want to turn my life over to you. See, the difference between a second, a two-second sorry and a 20-second sorry is how you approach God. And we started off in James 5. We started off in verse 5 of James 4. And we said, do you think the scripture has meaning? That was the question we asked. You know, there's many ways that I I can show you the authenticity of scripture. But I would say this, you've got to approach God with faith. James is all about having faith. It's faith that works. So ultimately, I need to exercise my faith to come to God. And as I exercise my faith and I cry out to him, you know what? He's there. He's listening. He'll answer my prayer. So James goes on. And you know what? I couldn't. I was just shocked as I was reading James 4 this week and preparing because it's life like we're living it now. Life before COVID-19. And this is what verse 13 says. It says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're going to go into a certain town and we'll stay there a year and we're going to do business there and make a profit. Yeah, isn't that what we were all saying just a couple of weeks ago? We would go here, we'd go there. Oh yeah, I'm going to see you at school. I'm going to do this sport. I'm going to meet you at church. I'm going to go to a restaurant. And all of a sudden, bam, it's all shut down. Like, this is such, this is such incredible to, to watch what's going on. I, I'm seeing the stock market decline like it's never declined before. My 401k is now a 201k or maybe a 101k. It's just dropped and dropped and dropped. God, it's a wake-up call for every one of us. Do we trust in God or do we trust in our bank account? You know, and as I started going live at 3 p.m. and asking for prayer requests, The first day I got a prayer request sent in from Ron Sloboda. And don't worry, I've asked him permission to share his prayer request. I'm not not, uh, betraying a confidence. But, But Ron shared a prayer request, and his prayer request was this. He said, pray that I can put faith into action where the rubber meets the road. So many scriptures about God's provision, but now that my bank account is dwindling, I'm nervous. Thank you. And Ron, you know, I appreciate you sending in that prayer request. And and we prayed for Ron on Tuesday. I'd like us all to pray for Ron. But here's the deal. Ron's a small business owner. He owns Boda Carpet Cleaning, B-O-D-A Carpet Cleaning. All of his major contracts were put on hold because many of them were for restaurants. And and the restaurants aren't open. So, you know, while we pray for Ron, this is faith with works, Right. Maybe we could get practical, too. If you need your carpet cleaned in the next week or month, like Google search Boda Carpet Cleaning, call up Ron and give him some business, right? I'm not saying clean your carpets if they don't need them, but if they need cleaning, why not help someone out in our church? So, Ron, I hope you get some business from that. But, but we love you, Ron, and we're standing with you. Ed also mentioned a, a private Facebook group that we've started. 
This is for people who call Shiloh home. This is not going to be open to the public. You've got to get approved to, to join this group. Why? Because this is our community coming together, that if you have a need, we want to do our best to meet that need. And we can't meet the needs in the entire world, but we can meet the needs in our community. So if you're not part of the shallow community, go to that on new page, fill out that, and that's how you become part of our community. But just this week, we were praying for Rose Gray. And if you didn't hear Fridays, uh, Fridays 3 p.m. Uh, when we went live, Rose has been in the hospital all week long. She had a blood clot in her leg that, that traveled, and it just put her into a coma. The doctors weren't really sure if she was going to come out of the coma and live or not. It was really touch and go this week. And we prayed every day for her as a community. And Friday, I got the word from Billy that, that Rose was alert. She was off the ventilator. She No more tubes in her. And, and praise God, she's doing well. So that's the power of prayer. That's what it looks like when we come together and pray for one another. So verse 14 says this, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. You know, many of us, we don't know what our life is going to be like tomorrow. We, we we're hoping it's going to come back to normal, but, but when is normal going to be? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be two days from now? We, we can't really say. It's almost eerie how this scripture is mirroring what we're living right now. But this is what the advice is that James gives us. What you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it's sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So how many times do things come out of our mouth before we even know what we're saying, right? I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'll, I'll say things and be like, oh my gosh, did I just use my out loud voice to say that? I, I didn't mean to, to say that. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so maybe we should just ask God, clean up our hearts so we don't say such dumb and silly things at times. But James is trying to help us. And he says, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So let's acknowledge today that God is in control because you know what? It's evident Mankind is not in control. We are not controlling the, the things that are going on. But, but God is the one that's in control. And this is a time for all of us to turn to God. This is a time for all of us to acknowledge who he is in our lives. So I'd like to close with this psalm. Psalm 37, verses 23 to 25. It says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. See, God will direct our steps as we look to him, as we delight to him, delight in him and, and draw close to him by faith. God is going to be there for us. That even if we stumbled this past week, God says we're not going to fall. How can that be? Because you know what? It's like when you're walking with a young child and you're holding their hand. Did you ever do this? You're walking with a child and all of a sudden they trip but because you've got their hand, they didn't fall. You just kind of lifted them up until their feet get under them, and then you put them back down, and they're all good. And that's the way it is with God when we're holding his hand. And, and man, we need to be holding his hand today. That, that even if we might stumble, we're not going to fall because God's got a hold of us. I, I know he does. For me, I know he does for you. God's a faithful God. We can turn to him today and pray and know that he hears our prayers. So there's a wake-up call for all of us today, Shiloh. 
The call is this. Will we humble ourselves and receive, God, and receive God's grace? See, God says that he's going to generously give us grace. But just like that ice cream, are you going to receive it? Or are you going to say, no, no, God, like, I don't need your grace. I'm, I'm good. I, I really wanted the kitty, not the medium, right? No, that would, be, that would be a dumb thing to do. Receive God's generous grace today because he's offering it to us. But for us to receive it, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to give up wanting our own way. And we've got to surrender to God. How many of us have been calling our own shots and saying we're going to be doing this or doing that and making our own plans? And now, man, we're not making any plans. We're just saying, when is, when is the world going to come back to normal again? So let's lay down our plans and humble ourselves before God and surrender our lives to God that he might give us his plan. Will we draw close to God and will we wash our hands? You know, maybe, maybe you've washed your hands in prayer with that quick two-second prayer that's kind of stiff-arming God. You say the I'm sorry, just like that two-year-old. You don't mean it, and you move on, and you say, yeah, God, God didn't do anything for me. But what would it look like if we really came to God genuinely with a humble heart, and as we're washing our hands, it's, it's like we're crying out to God with all of our heart. We're exposing who we are and saying, God, you died for me so that I could be forgiven and I could have your grace. God, I'm going to give my life for you. That's what it looks like to draw close to God. And his promise is that he will draw close to us. And then lastly, will we choose to delight and trust in God? You know, we all have a choice today. We can choose to to operate in fear or we can choose to operate in peace because God offers us his peace. We, We need to resist the devil. We need to resist the fear and it will flee. And we can receive God's peace. We, we can choose to, to reach out and hate or we can choose to reach out and love, right? I want to be someone who's going to speak hope to my neighbors and hope to those people that I'm around, right? And how about you? Could we all choose today to delight and to trust in God, knowing that even if we stumble, we're not going to fall because we're holding his hand and he's holding our hand. So if you're with me today, Shiloh, and maybe you've walked away from God, or maybe you're not as close to God as you want to be, let's turn to him together today, all right? I'd love to hear from you after this service. If you need prayer for anything, please email prayer at shallowcommunity.church and let us know what your prayer needs are. I wish I could pray with you personally right after service. I can't, so email us, and we'll be checking that email, and we'll get back to you. But let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word in James 4. God, I thank you that you call us to humble ourselves, Lord. And I, I humble myself as, as I encourage each one, of, each one that's listening today, Lord, to humble themselves before you. God, we, we recognize that we're not in control, but you're in control, Lord Jesus. And God, I, I humble myself by raising my hands because that's an act of surrender. And I encourage you at home, why don't you raise your hands as well? And let's surrender our lives to the Lord. Father God, we surrender who we are. We surrender our expectation of what tomorrow is going to look like. God, you're the one in control. We don't know what it's going to look like. But Lord, we receive your peace. And God, we we know that you've given your life to forgive us of our sins. And God, we ask in Jesus' name that you would forgive us. We give you our lives, God, that you would live through us. Lord, we need you as our Savior. We need you as our Lord. And we thank you for your peace today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. So thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next week at 3 p.m. if you're able. Or after that, you can watch us online. God bless and have a great day.